Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Farrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bad seat, broke a date, bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Farrell Appalachia right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to go through my bags. And I'm not talking about suitcases when she's drinking whiskey in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dress in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do be all my friend to come around, flat to flat to party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, the sounds of tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Ooh, hey, it's Pharrell, what's gigging? I'm with Carver High tonight, and uh, a little bit later this hour, in a few minutes, Rick Harrell on Sports Biz from Harvard, and in the second hour, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. On the Texans Chiefs opener Thursday night and anything else NFL that we can get into with him. And just uh, looking ahead, um, we're watching the rest of this NBA game uh, going on right now. The Lakers and Rockets are going at it. Pretty good game. 44 to 40 Rockets in the lead. And... LeBron's going off for L.A. He's got 18 already, six of nine for the floor, two three-pointers. And then Westbrook has 13, Covington 10, Harden 10, and Jeff Green 7. So there you go. And already tonight, the Heat eliminated the Bucks 103-94 as Miami moves on to uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, winning in uh, five games over the no Giannis Bucks. So he didn't play tonight, and it was easy pickings for the Heat, uh, despite the scores, despite the, you know, first quarter where, you know, the Bucks were rolling. The Heat still kicked their ass. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. 
So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So anyway, I was watching the Heat and and Bucks game, and uh, so just I'm just being straight up when I tell you, like I, I honestly, as usual, I have to say, I, I thought the refs were terrible. I I really, I mean, it was bad, right? Like you can't even deny it. Like I like the Heat, right? So and, and I'm just still trying to be as objective as possible when I. Uh, watch the games and I'm just sitting there watching. So um, the foul reversal on the hill layup when he was in the paint and he went down there and uh, Hero fouled him and Hero got a piece of the ball. There's no doubt about it, but he also hacked his wrist off and they reversed that call. I mean, you got to be kidding me. And then uh, the call immediately afterwards when they made it a jump ball and uh, Brooke Lopez was jumping and then they said that he uh, he knocked Adebayo down and they gave the ball to the Heat. That was BS. That was a, a absolutely terrible call. That never happened. He just went up and won the jump ball. And then the other call that they missed, I mean, these are just three of many. But the other one that stood out to me was at the end of the game with, you know, 30 seconds left or whatever, that inbounds play when they threw the ball to Adebayo at half court and he knocked Williams to the ground, shoved him out of the way, literally shoved him out of the way, just absolutely shoved him. (laughs) And they called the foul on Williams. He's laying on the floor. He just got completely shoved and hacked. And it was all on Adebayo, and they missed it. But there were no more reviews left, no more challenges. And so uh, they they just went with it. And Budenholzer just stood there and gave him the business. But at that point, it was so bad. Like, the, the game was over, right? It was like eight or nine. But he still thought in his sick head that he was going to win the game. So... I knew they weren't winning the game, right? At that point, the game was over. It was eight or nine, and there was 30 seconds left. So, and they just, A, don't miss free throws like the Bucks do. Uh, DiVincenzo missed one. Uh, Lopez missed one. These are late, late in the game, real late. With under a minute to go, they both missed free throws that were crucial, especially to betters, right? And the Bucks couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And then... I mean, they missed it when it mattered. Like, I still think they went like 19 to 25 or something from the line off the top of my head. But they, they, the ones they missed were all crucial, right? And then I just felt like, I mean, it was unbelievable. I have to say that I think the reason they lost the game was because they were kind of in the game. After one, they were winning, right? And then from that point on, they they just trailed the rest of the game. Once the Heat got the lead, the the Bucks were behind the rest of the game. But I think the key to the game was, in my view, was how bad Eric Bledsoe was. I watched. That's all I need to know. I don't need to say anything else. It's real simple. 
He was so bad. He went two of 12 from the line, one of four from downtown, two rebounds, nine dimes, nine points. He had nine points. The reason why he had nine points was because he hit, uh, I think, five of six free throws, something like that, right? And, I mean, I could look it up if you really want to know. So Bledsoe from the line was uh, four of six. So not five of six, but four of six. So he got uh, four of six. He hit a three. So that's seven, and he hit a, a layup. So... But when you go two of 12 in a elimination game and you're the point guard and you're two of 12 from the floor, I mean, my brother missed like two layups with no one around him. I mean, absolutely no one standing there. He missed two ducks. Like, I mean, he was worse than Duck Dynasty. That's how bad that guy was tonight. Eric Bledsoe was complete trash. I don't care what anybody says in Milwaukee. Take a good look. Watch the game again. Watch the film, how bad he was. He's your point guard. I mean, is he not the the point guard of the team? Is he not? And he played 36 minutes. I mean, the whole lot of them played. Middleton played 42. Everybody else was 37, 36. So he played the most, third most minutes. And he was an atrocity with the ball. I don't care what anybody says. Two of 12. You suck. I mean, that's it. You, you, every single time, he hit one shot with about five minutes to go from the deep corner. I almost fell over when he made it because he was so bad. He missed so many shots. He made one three deep in the corner. That was it. He couldn't hit a layup. He was so bad. And he had cheap fouls and turned the ball over. I don't care what anybody says. I watched... Uh, and he, I was like, oh my God, stop shooting. You're so awful. Just stop, stop shooting. When you are that bad, just stop, make plays, make stops, pass the ball, make, you know, buckets. You can't shoot. So why shoot if you can't hit anything? Here's the deal. When you're cold, you've got to get rid of the ball, right? I know they have this whole shooter shoot mentality. That's in the park, son. That's not in the NBA. If you're off and you're not hitting the broadside of a barn, there's only one option, and he couldn't even get that right, which is go to the 10. If you're not hitting from mid-range or outside, you go to the rack and try to get fouled and go to the line. Now, he went to the line six times, made four of them, but he was terrible. That's all there is to it. I said today they needed to get productivity on coast-to-coast on the TV side. I said they needed to get uh, productivity from – uh, Hill, a bigger game from Hill. Hill gave him two points. He was one of eight from the game. He was as bad as Bledsoe, George Hill. He's the, he's the number one three-point shooter percentage-wise in the league. And he was 0 of 3 from downtown, 1 of 8 in the game. George Hill laid an egg. Just He was worse than Bledsoe. And then uh, here's another one for you. Kyle Korver, they play him six minutes. Is he not the guy they hired to shoot threes? And they don't play him. He played six minutes. He had three points. And then uh, I said that they had to get productivity from Hill. And they had to get uh, DiVincenzo going. He had 17. I'll give you that. He got uh, he got his game going. Matthews had 11. I said Brooks Lopez has to get his game up to 25 points. 25. He gave him 15. That wasn't enough. He was 10 short of what he needed. And I said Middleton needed to have 35. And he had 23. 
I mean, I'm not wrong. That's what they needed to, to win the game. They needed Middleton to have 30, 35 points. They had to get 25 from Brooke Lopez. They had to get uh, DiVincenzo up, which he did. And they had to get uh, something from Hill. I said Hill needed to have 20. And he had, you know, this terrible game, three points or uh, two points. Hill had two. I mean, that's absolutely pathetic. What Bledsoe and Hill gave them from outside was what, what they gave him was a loss. That's what they gave him. You want to know why you, you lost? They'll, they'll say it's because Giannis didn't play. No, it's because the rest of your guys didn't play. Hill, Bledsoe, Korver, none of them did anything. That's it. Boom. Middleton still had a good game, but he took so many bad shots because they had no one else that can shoot. They got nobody else that can put the ball in the hole. Nobody. They got Middleton and Brooke Lopez. That's it, right? Because Hill and Bledsoe can't give you anything. DiVincenzo was hot early and then ended up with 17. Matthews played his ass off. He had 11. But when you're counting on those two guys to win a game, you're going to lose. Right? And they just can't stop the heat. I mean, between Drogic, Adebayo, Hero, Robinson didn't even do anything in that game, unless I'm mistaken, right? I mean, let's face facts. All right, so Robinson had two points. I was right. He did nothing in the game. But but everybody else did. Adebayo had 13. Butler had 17. Crowder had 16. Drogic had 17. And Hero had 14. Olenek had 12. Who didn't have double figures on the Heat? They hit every shot they take. They shot 48% from the floor. Game over, you lose. That's it. So now they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to win. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, we bring in Rick Harrow, our sports business and legal insider from Harvard on the bench. First of all, Rick, uh, what did you think of the Heat uh, moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals? I know you're a big Heat fan. Well, you know, we kind of started the Heat years ago, and it was a big deal. And this isn't 13 and 14. This isn't Ray Allen and the big three, uh, but it's good enough. And, and who'd have thought? And uh, Milwaukee, uh, you know, they were they were dead before – Giannis uh, sprained his ankle again. Uh, Miami was relentless. Crowder looks like a great addition. Bam is a great guy. Tyler Hero, you know, really, really kind of a good piece. And and Pat Riley's doing it again. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Do you think that they can, uh, let's say, uh, win the Eastern Conference and go to the NBA Finals now? I mean, they look really good. They look really good, and I'm not sure that whoever comes out of the West isn't the champion. But, you know, you don't know that because this is a funny year. You know, who'd have thought the Bucks would play as badly as they did, although that's part because the Heat played pretty well. And uh, I was uh, talking to some people uh, on Boston radio about two hours ago, and, you know, they think they got the series in the bag. We'll see. But, uh, you know, Boston is another one of those clubs. They can play real well or really terribly depending on the moment. Do you think Boston uh, will finish off Toronto? Yes. Don't you? I mean, uh, I do based on the fact that uh, I think they've, uh, frankly, uh, just like the Heat, I think they've pretty much controlled them. Uh, I think, you know, that game the other day uh, that they blew them out in, that, that was over in the first quarter. Statement game, right? I mean, they were up 2-0 and then the other two and Toronto was feeling it. So I guess they decided that, all right, we're going to show them. And they showed them. So uh, are you watching the uh, Lakers and Rockets tonight? No, I I decided because it was a a long story and I drove uh, all night and I got stuck in the middle of South Carolina because of a tire that I'm going to cash it in tonight. And then I'll just see, you know, what happens in the morning. I mean, the score's not going to change because I'm not watching. How's that? And plus I'm getting myself psyched up for football. Oh, so what happened? You want to know? Seriously? Yeah. It, yeah the, the, the South Carolina Department of Transportation is part of a tremendous conspiracy to drive people off the road as they head north and south on 95. And there was the mother of all potholes. And so I'm driving excited about all this trip coming together and getting home. And uh, the tire just shredded and blew and stopped the car. And the people at the Exxon station were singularly helpless. And they said, you know, I don't know what to do, but you can't stay here. And so I had to walk to a hotel. I had to leave the car there. It was Labor Day weekend. Of course, it's a German car. And, you know, there's a rim that they made only one, like in the last 40 years of the tire. And so I had to stay there until a tire was delivered. And the town is called Yemassee, South Carolina. I'm sure there are people listening from Yemassee. Uh, there were a few of you that were hospitable. Thank you. And I'm sure I wasn't... Uh, you know, very nice. But uh, I'm not I'm never doing that again. Uh, that is on my bucket list. So we're not doing it again. And the policeman said, oh, yeah, no, no, no. We could have fixed these potholes, but it's a good way to drive people off the road. How about that? So what you're you've been stranded in South Carolina? Yes, sir. Got home, got home after driving all night last night because they put a spare on and they said the only way you're going to get home is if you drive and don't stop, because if you stop, you don't know what's going to happen with the spare. And I was, you know, stuck in one place. I didn't want to get stuck again. So all all ends well. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we were driving all night last night and then two nights in a row in South Carolina. How's that for Labor Day? So that was the – is that the big 750i, that, that tire on that car? Yes, sir. That's the big tire. Yeah, it's a wonderful car unless you have tire problems. Then no one in the world can fix it. So, you know, no one in the world can fix it because they have this rim size. I had to get down under it and look, read the rim size, and then I read the rim size. And the guy at the tire store on Saturday night, who I asked him as a favor just to tell me, he started laughing. He said, we don't have any – there's not even one of those in the state. Thanks. They're really nice. So, <laughs> they so don't even have a, yeah. There's no Mercedes right. in the whole state. All right, so let's not do a tech. Not in the state. 
Well, that's great. Uh, well, at least they have uh, Clemson football. They have Clemson football. Everybody was uh, – I asked them, Gamecock or Clemson? Most of the people on the east side of the state are Gamecock fans. Uh, you know, I, I, I never want to find that out again, but I found out closer to 95, they're Gamecock fans. Closer to the hills, they're Clemson fans. Wow, that sounds scary. I don't want to go in the hills. Uh, the NFL's restrictive travel park numbers are hard on team social media staff because they're not letting anybody go on the on the trips. Yeah, a 36% cut from earlier COVID preservation rules. They cut and cut and cut. And so the media, and I'm sure a lot of the people all over the country are getting this, uh, you can't bring a whole lot of people other than your beat writers into the NFL games. And, of course, as we said earlier today, there are only four teams that are letting fans into the stadiums, Kansas City and Indianapolis and a couple of others. Maybe they'll let them in down the road, but uh, don't count on it because it's totally dependent on the spikes. And we don't run COVID. COVID runs us. That is true. Uh, So you can actually go to the U.S. Open virtually. You can't go there physically, uh, but virtually it's it's possible, right? Yeah. And if you – and I, I'm uh, my neck's kind of sore. Maybe I got virtually hit in the head by a Djokovic uh, a shot. I, I don't know. I guess you have to be a female linesman. Uh, champion to champion virtual interview series, the tennis championship, VIP experience. All of that stuff is exclusive content for people who have tickets and can get in to the website and people who want to are tennis fanatics. And, uh, of course, a lot of people are frustrated because they have their tickets and they can't do anything about it. And this is one way to help. So YouTube TV tackled a new deal with the NFL Network. What's that about? It's a big deal. The YouTube offerings provide the best incentive yet for avid fans to cut the cable cord. Uh, Previously, cable subscribers had to pay for the more expensive higher tier for the 2020 season. The NFL YouTube add-on package called Sports Plus launched uh and the nfl network and the red zone get all put together on youtube so look nfl is smart why are they doing this because youtube guaranteed will be in the bidding cycle the next time around for rights fees and it drives up the rights fees for other deals so good for them tell me about uh what's going on with uh tiktok uh creator fund payments what's that about well you know they're deciding that when they get sold, if they get sold, and of course the president is weighing in, it's got to be an American sale in the next few days. There are uh, publishers who need 10,000 followers on TikTok and have received 10,000 views over the last 30 days. Uh, they get creator fund money. So basically it's a way to fund your stuff on TikTok. And people were saying, well, you know, it's being sold now, so maybe we're not going to honor it. Wrong. Paying publishers to post the platform is motivation for revenue-focused publishers to make more of an effort to make more content, and they're going to get paid. So Dortmund had a big uh, trip planned to Asia, but COVID screwed that up. But what are they doing about it? They got a digital alternative for the trip? Yeah, uh, China became the focus of a tour that sought to blend digital and live experiences, a series of online sessions between the players and the fans and live stream from training sessions and friendly games. And the German embassy took part in the event and the Shanghai subway station to launch the official BVB Shanghai Transportation Card. So listen, everybody 
understands the value of, of, of some of these high-powered leagues, especially in China. And the Bundesliga is important, uh, as well as uh, the, uh, 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 some of the clubs like Borussia Dortmund. So tell me about uh, Voice in uh, Sport. Uh, this is uh, being created by a woman at Nike. What's that about? Yeah, uh, it's called VIS for short, uh, women age 13 to 22, educational content, mentorship program, and an opportunity to get training in uh, sports nutrition, psychology, medicine, sports journalism. The experts will also contribute to offering insights uh, for the demographic, and it's something to give female athletes a voice and community uh, at the center of all of this, and this is a very important deal for Nike executive Stephanie Strack, who started the program. A lot of uh, people starting foundations and doing philanthropy, like DeAndre Jordan is treehouse giving. Uh, you name it. There's tons of other uh, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Mello. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it, um, and, and 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 frankly, it's the right time. And it's not just basketball. Uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, obviously, and basketball players Kyrie Irving, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the philanthropy efforts have doubled or tripled during the pandemic, A, because people, uh, including athletes, didn't have a whole lot to do, and B, they felt a special desire and need to give back to the community. So good for everybody. Wow. Uh, all right, Rick, listen, I'm glad you got home safe from uh, your journey and all of your drama with your uh, big expensive car tire that flew off the car when it hit a pothole in South Carolina and you blame the people that live in the hills. I'm glad that you're home Well, uh, I didn't blame safely. them really. No, thank you very much for that. You yeah, blame them. I will. Go Clemson. Yeah, he blamed all the uh, Clemson fans that live in the hills, and uh, that's going to go over well publicly. All right, uh, yeah. take care of yourself. Try to get some rest. Uh, calm down. I know your temper's at an all-time high right now, but great job on Coast to Coast and on For All in the Bench today. We'll see you next week. All right, man. I'm staying out of South Carolina. Stay well. Bye. There is Rick Haro, ladies and gentlemen, under a tremendous strain out on the road again. Uh, he probably wasn't paying attention when he ran over like a possum or something. Said it was a giant possum. I think it was a possum. Who knows? All right, uh, halftime. We got our eyes on the Rockets, Lakers, Vegas up big hockey game. All right, I'm watching uh, the Dodgers and Diamondbacks on top of uh, everything else going on. Uh, 1-1 in the uh, bottom of the third at Zona. I just wanted to look really quick and see uh, some of those other games going on just so I can uh, keep an eye on things. How about the Padres whacking the Rockies 11-3 right now at Petco in the uh, going to the fourth inning? My God, I mean, they just, <laughs> they're just racking up uh, buckets. They scored five in the first, five in the second, uh, and it's uh, another run in the third, 11 to three. And I mean, everybody and their brother is getting in on this. Machado singled the center, Garcia scored. And then, and then Nola homered to center in 
earlier. I, I'm just looking at. I got to go back to the beginning. So uh, Arenado homered. It was three nothing Colorado, and then Nola hit by pitch. Grissom scored, and then Myers homered to right. Uh, a, I think it was another grand slam, and it was five three Padres. Then Machado doubled. I mean, my God, they're just schooling them. I was watching it. I lost it there for a second uh, in terms of uh, what they did. Myers had the grand slam, and then Machado doubled a uh, third. Tati scored. That was in the second. Also in the second, Nola hit a home run with Machado on. And then uh, in the third, Machado single to center. Garcia scored. So Myers, I mean, this guy, you remember when they had the four in a row, four days in a row with grand slams? He hit a home run in that barrage, too. So he's had multiple grand slams in this shortened season. So let me just ask you, uh, Carver High, you cannot deny. So anyway, the game's going on right now. Diamondbacks just took the lead 2-1 on the Dodgers. The Rangers lead the Angels 6-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Cubs 3-0 over the Reds, bottom eight. Padres up 11-3. And then game two of the doubleheader, A's lead the Astros 4-2. Bases loaded. Top and fourth Astros had the bases loaded right now. Mariners lead the Giants four to one. They're going for seven in a row, Seattle. Can you believe it? And then uh, doubleheader game one, Philly six, five rallied to beat the Red Sox. Game two, Red Sox win five, two. I hit both ends of that. Then uh, the Pirates beat the White Sox five, four. A doubleheader. Twins took game one over the cards, 7-3. Game two, cards, 6-4. I hit both ends of that doubleheader for you on PharrellOnTheBench.com. Nationals, 5-3 over the Rays. Royals, 8-6 over the Indians. And then, um, so that first game, I told you, A's, 4-2 over the Astros. Game uh, two going on right now, and it's still 4-2 A's. In the fourth, uh, keeping an eye on that with the bases loaded for the Astros. And then everything else, Orioles all over the Mets, 11-2. Tigers, 8-3 over the Brewers. Marlins, 8-0 over the Braves, if you can even believe it. But the other one, uh, Blue Jays, 2-1 over the Yankees. As they lose five in a row, the Yankees. Hap was the loser. And, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up, how bad they're playing. I mean, it is unbelievable. So, I guess they were, um, Togman hit, hit a sack fly in the fifth, and it, it was, uh, that made it 2-1. But Davis had homered to left center, a two-run shot, and it held up 2-1. So, the Jays seem to own the Yankees. The Rays own the Yankees. The Mets own the Yankees. The Yankees have lost five in a row. Um, I think they're five and 15 in their last 20. They are, I mean, at some point they're going to lose that eight spot, right? Carver high. I mean, was it tonight? I mean, where are they? I mean, this is so unbelievable that like, I'm starting to like when I, it's three, one Arizona now over the Dodgers, I'm starting to wonder if they're actually at the point where you could say they're, um, they're giving up that they're mailing it in the players. I don't think Boone is obviously Cashman will never admit to anything like that, but the players look to me when I'm watching them, their body language and their expressions, their faces, their, their, you know, steps. 
as they go yeah. through the, the motions, they look like a team that's quit. They're done. They're they're done for the summer. They're not even trying to make it. Yeah, it doesn't look good right now. That's for sure. And Cashman kind of yeah, very rare. You see this. The general manager speaking to the team before the game tonight. Cashman even gave him a little rah rah in the clubhouse uh, before the game against the Blue Jays tonight. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's really maybe they just. That once isn't again with the injuries, job? isn't that yeah, Boone's well, job? Well, maybe I guess Boone wasn't doing it a good enough job. I guess uh, Cashman had to go in there and give him a rah rah. So we'll go like, so, like I've always, like I've always said, Cashman's well, Cashman's the manager. Cashman's I, the manager. I, I, fair enough, but what does that mean about Boone that your GM not only tells you what to do every day anyway, because he's running the team, not you, and oh, yeah. that you're just a puppet, and then now. He's even, you know, supplanted you in the clubhouse. Like he's come in to talk to the team because you can't seem to get through to him. What does that say about Boone? I saw a couple guys kicking this around today, and I'll ask you. This is obviously his third year as the manager, Boone. Five one Arizona home run, two run shot. He has two hundred plus win seasons in his first two years. Right. They missed. They missed the playoffs this year. Do you consider firing him? With how with you know, this sixty game season and the roster that they have in the, with eight teams making the playoffs, if they miss the playoffs after two hundred win seasons, do you fire them? With the way this team has looked, and they continue to, if they continue to look this way the last three weeks. Well, I guess if they continue to play this way and they completely pack it in and they lose out, uh, then I think he might get fired. If yeah. Uh, they try to make it and go for it and turn it around and fall short. I would say no, based on um, it's how zany this year is. This, yeah, this a, ridiculous year that we're playing in here. Plus, it's not even a that's not a major league roster he's got out there. That's a not right complete, now. No, it's like a it's a medical. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a beer league softball team that they're fielding. I mean, I don't even know what that is. It's a bunch of minor leaguers and young kids that have no experience whatsoever in any kind of pressure in the majors. They got too many uh, no-name hacks playing on the team. And they have a few guys on the team who aren't no-name hacks that are playing like no-name hacks. There are a few guys. Yeah, Sanchez. He's one of them. He's not the only one. Oh, he ain't. He is not the only one. But I, I didn't... I have a feeling that in the with you know just under three weeks to go here, I mean you would like to think that at some point they'll have a moment here and have a a good week. You know the way that everybody's jumbled together right now in these baseball races, you know in these last spots, all it takes is a good week. You're seeing the Mariners right now. What has one good week done to them? Put them in the mix. The Yankees have one good week. They could get away from these teams around the seven or eight spots. So when, when is that going to happen? Because they haven't had one right. good week the whole summer. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm saying if they, if they ever wanted to do it and they had a good week that can cure some of their ailments, but they haven't shown you that they're going to be able to do that. You know, it would be nice. It would be nice if their $400 million pitcher, the next time he gets the ball, uh, you know, went out there and, and shut the whole game down and didn't allow a run or, 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 you know, three solo homers like he's been doing every time he gets the rock. Yeah, that, that's impossible because every time he pitches, he gives up home runs and gives up runs. He has not done anything in pinstripes yet besides uh, make a lot of money. So here's the deal. 
Uh, here's guys that I would get rid of no matter what. I don't care what their contracts say. I, they got to go. They got to go. I mean, just it is end of the road over for these guys, without a doubt, in my in my view. Now, I know they these are guaranteed deals. I don't even care. Here's your money. Get out. Aaron Hicks has got to go. He's so bad. Oh, my God. He's so bad. Honestly, my daughter hits better than him. In in softball, regular fast pitch, I don't care what it is. He is absolutely the worst player. I think he's the worst player on the team. Uh, you got to get rid of uh, Gardner. He's got to go. It's over for him. His career is over. He's so washed up right now. He's hitting 170, and they trot him out there every day. He's an embarrassment now. Like, he looks like he's 70. He's got to go. Sanchez got to go. Sanchez is hitting a buck 25, but his career's over with the Yankees. I mean, he's awful. He's so awful. He's an embarrassment. He really is. And, um, you know... I got to tell you, I can't even look at this guy one more time. I'm going to puke this this fat-ass Ford. He's so awful. Too. He should be playing. Honestly, he should have been in Artie Lang's Beer League movie. Honestly, he's so bad. You can't even argue this stuff. Meanwhile, they've been sitting and sending Frazier down to the minors every other month for f- like four years now. Is that about four years? Meanwhile, he's the only guy on the team that hits. He's the only guy that hits, and they they never leave him up. He's like their B. He's like a hooker for them. They just call him uh, call him up when they need him. It's like an escort service. Call up Clint Frazier and bring him up. Seriously, it's so embarrassing. The only two guys on the entire team that produce are obviously the best players, LeMahieu, and then Voight. Speaking of slobs, he's a slob too, but he at least he hits. He I'll trimmed down. He looks he looks all right now. He lost a lot of weight. He looks good because he's in pinstripes. If you take him out of pinstripes, he looks like a fat white guy going to a Def Leppard concert. I mean, am I wrong? No. The only thing he's missing is a mullet. Honestly. He'd be in Joe Dirt. He'd be in Joe Dirt, and you know it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, uh, that kid Calhoun, Cole Calhoun, is that his name? He's the one that hit the two-run bomb. And they have just lit up Walker Bueller tonight, the Dodgers' young stud getting lit. They were out on the mound before, Roberts and the doctor looking at him like he had like something wrong with his hand, maybe a blister or something. But uh, it was more than a blister. It was his. He was throwing up like ephus pitches and they were just jacking them out of the park i turned the game on it was 1-1 now it's 5-1 and i turned it on like five minutes ago yes uh glad i paid for that 250 dollars baseball package for 60 days i watch about five minutes of baseball a week in terms of uh i just it's so boring i just i have i have said this before i'm gonna say it again i have so much more fun picking my nose and like the other I'm, problem is like just picking my 60, nose is more fun than watching baseball. And the 60 games also is taking place, you know, August, which we out of nowhere got uh, NHL and NBA playoffs. Thank which God. Took away from your baseball viewing. And now September, the you know, the NFL and college football are going to be back, which is going to take away more from your baseball viewing. So that's it. 
once football starts on Thursday, the only baseball I'm watching the entire rest of the year will be the playoffs. That's it. I will only watch a playoff game at best. And that's if and that's if it's the only thing on. If there's football on, let's say it's a Monday or Thursday night and there's some pl- baseball playoff game on, I'm watching the Monday night football or Thursday night football automatic. Even if the game's crappy. I mean it. I'm not even kidding you. 69-68. Rockets up one. Seven and a half left in the third. We got a, a lot more going on this show tonight, including John McCain uh, from Houston to talk about... Um, the Texas game on Thursday with Chiefs. All right, Pharrell on the bench. So um, you can't even argue it. Like uh, when I'm talking to you about the Yankees, not that I I don't want to spend the whole night talking about the Yankees, but seriously, uh, you can't even argue that um, they're in big trouble. Mister, I mean, dude, there's only like 18 games left. I know they got to win like they got to win 12 of them, and they've lost five in a row, and they've won five and 20. Five of their last 20 games, they're five and 15. You can't have a 20 game stretch like that when the when the season's only 60 games long. You just you can't you can't have it. It's it's 20, 40, 60. So, uh, uh, you know, just do the math. I mean, they are terrible. You know, what's funny is um, I know you don't want to hear it, but, you know, my son Gunner is a huge pirate fan, right? Like we like the pirates. They're never going anywhere. It's so embarrassing. Like they have that, you know, bubblegum wrapper payroll. So but he hates the Yankees. I mean, he hates them. Because he lives around here in New York, right? And everybody's a Yankee fan, right? And the ones that aren't are Met fans, which he hates them too, right? So imagine being a kid from New York and you like the Pirates and you're, you've been obviously brainwashed to like the Pirates. But I like the Pirates too. And I, you know, at least I have the, you know, in my opinion, going for me, the best, one of the best ballparks in the majors and cool uniforms, right? So they look cool. They are cool. And they play in a cool uh, stadium. They'll probably screw that up too. But the deal is this, is that he just hates the Yankees and he won't even discuss the Mets. So he's like enjoying this. Like he was laughing tonight when I said they lost again. He just loves when they lose. Meanwhile, I like the Yankees. So I really, in other words, I don't like my family. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.